Hello everyone and welcome to I Am LaToya Giggs Podcast. I am because he is. I'm your host, LaToya Giggs. A little bit about me. I was trafficked for over seven years by someone we knew. And I knew this person since I was 11 years old. And we all began dating at the when I was 14. I was trafficked then at 18 years old. And now I work as an advocate and a mentor to youth and young adults who are currently being exploited or trafficked or who have previously been exploited or trafficked. If you have any questions or would like to know more, please check out my website at divineinterventions.org. Today's subject, today's podcast, we will be discussing the intersectionality between modern day slavery and slavery. This is just totally a disclaimer. This is not meant to disrespect or dampen down slavery in any way of my ancestors or anyone's trafficking experience. Everyone experience is different, and I'm just here to state the facts that I know of. This content may even be triggering for some. Please take care of yourself however you may need to. So just a little bit more about my family history of why I am talking about modern day slavery awareness, the intersectionality of human trafficking and slavery. So a little bit about my family is both of my lines are descendants from slavery. Um, My grandmother's mother was mulatto, um, dark skin, really dark, uh, long, wavy, nice soft hair with blue eyes. Some might have thought she was Indian and Native American. However, she was not. She was mulatto. Um, Again, her eyes were blue like the sky. Um, And then you have, um, and and, and her father is believed to be someone called Dempsey. So I I did a lot of research, and I've been studying African-American history for about 10 years now. And then I also did some research on myself for the past three years, um, you know, when I looked up my DNA and things of that nature. And so my great-grandmother is believed to come from the Dempsey brothers, and the Dempsey brothers were an African woman's child that she had by a slave owner's son. And so, um, and then for my grandfather on my mother's side, um, he was actually born free, but his great-grandfather was born a slave. Um, and things of that nature. And then my grandfather was then, he was a sharecropper, um, which means that he worked in a field. So it's, it's just another level of slavery, <laughs> to be honest, because they 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 were no longer slaves and things of that nature. But, you know, the, the, the owners of the land, they had the land, right? And so what do I do with this land that I have? And so I, I have to have employees. And, but they would still pay the employees pennies to what, you know, the land was worth and things of that nature. So it, it literally kept them in bondage. For instance, my grandfather, he was a sharecropper, but, uh, you know, he didn't have a farm that he lived on, but, you know, they had to pay rent. And so he would go work on someone else's farm, farm and then, you know, after that, you know, bring the day's wages into his parents so that they can pay rent, you know, and things of that nature. And then the same goes for my grandmother. She grew up on a farm, um, actually with her cousin um, that raised her. Um, that was her mother to her. And 
they own, you know, they, they, they necessarily didn't necessarily own the land, but they had a farm on their land, their property that they lived. And so they didn't work on someone else's farm. They worked on their own farm and they sold, um, you know, bags, bushels of, you know, their stuff. And, you know, when they sold it, they still had to pay rent. And so they still didn't have much money. And um, just sidebar is just very important for us as African-Americans and just people in general to own land and own property um, because even though they weren't slaves um, and even though they weren't sharecroppers, you know, they still didn't have uh, the best means. Um, But I will say out of those brothers that did help raise her, her uncles, um, they did venture out and have a lot of different properties and things of that nature. And then for my father's side, um, those are both on my mom's side. And then for my father's side, Um, my great-grandmother, Laura, came straight from the boat. You know, I say it's straight from Africa. Uh, Her name was Laura, but we know that that was not her name that was given to her at birth. Amen. That was the name that was given to her by her slave owners. Um, And so she came here, met a man, got married, had kids, and things of that nature. I don't know the extent of what happened. She just kind of appeared in Louisiana. Uh, my best guess from my research is that she ran or my, you know, great grandfather took her from the plantation or maybe he purchased her. And then um, my grandfather, although he was born free and was like um, the second or third generation that was born free, he was actually um, bamboozled into slavery um, by saying that they had a great job for him in Florida. You know, as a sharecropper, as a farmer, that's what he did. That's what he did, you know, since he was could walk, you know, five years old or so. So, you know, when he can till the land, that's what he began to do is work to bring finances in. And so, you know, he went down there thinking he would have a great job opportunity. And they were like, you know, you try to leave, we're going to kill you and things of that nature. Um, and then brings it to today, right? My lived experience as a modern day slave. And what does that mean? You know, I was trafficked for over seven years, like I said already, and uh, that is modern-day slavery. Um, And so, again, I am in no way trying to say that, you know, slavery, this slavery and that slavery, you know, who was the the better victim or who was the, you know, it is all bad, to be honest. And it's unfortunate that I still have to talk about it today, um, to be honest. Um, So how does human trafficking and slavery intersect. Intersect is to share a common area or to overlap. Okay, and so one of the ways I would say like recruiting. So like for instance with my grandfather, I mean his experience, you know, they told him one thing, but it was manipulation, right? When he got there, it was something totally different and and you know, it reminds me when you know, I was told to recruit girls, you know, and things of that nature and you know, I would tell them that you know, they're coming into this great life. And, and although a lot of the stuff I told was in truth, you know, it was impartiality, right? It was impartial because I did not explain, you know, that you would get beat on or, you know, that you may not be able to go home to whomever you want to go home to or, you know, you may not ever be able to leave this person and he's a stalker and he's crazy and, you know, it it is what it is, you know. So part of that is deception, deception of the recruiting and even you know in Africa a lot of people were like well what about you know the people that uh, got paid and they uh paid for 
for slaves to, uh, you know, they got paid to help steal slaves from, you know, the more inner parts of the villages and things of that nature. And what's crazy is I literally come from that inner part of, like, the jungle, (laughs) literally, uh, the rainforest is primarily a whole part of my DNA. So I literally came from that area. But what makes me have empathy for the even the individuals that were getting paid for that is the fact that, you know, I've lived similar experiences. And it wasn't that, you know, that could, person could have gotten threatened saying, hey, you know, if you don't help me steal these people, although I'm paying you, you know, I'm going to take your daughter. I'm going to rape her I'm going to take your sons like I'm you know I'm going to take your family you know we don't know what situation that person was in you know to to do these type of things and and similar you know in my cases you know a lot of times I don't want to go get nobody to I'm like I don't even like living here like why would I bring somebody here you know um and it was just like I I did it because I was told to and I was scared not to or I was threatened not you know if I if I don't you know, X, Y, Z was going to happen to me. And, you know, I I personally came up with different strategies, you know, and then also I would say, um, before I talk about me personally, even in, uh, labor trafficking, you know, the recruiting and the deception, you know, no, no telling what the farmer or whomever the labor trafficker, you know, is saying to that victim, to that survivor of saying like, Hey, you go get this person, you know, You'll go higher in the rank. I'll, I'll give you better living quarters. I'll give you better money. I'll give you, you know, better food and things of that nature. And, um, you know, for me, personally, being sex trafficked, you know, it was, oh, well, you know, if you go, you know, and get this person, your job is going to be much easier. And technically, you know, he was telling the truth. It, it wasn't a lie, you know, because, you know, by recruiting, I became the head. I became the boss lady. You know, I became the bottom chick you know, by having others under me or under him rather. And, you know, it, you know, it was less on me. It was not always on me to, you know, go drop off this or go do this and go do that. And just for me, also, I wasn't just, you know, sex traffic. I also, you know, was a, a drug dealer as well. Um, he was one of the top drug dealers in East Oakland. And so, you know, and things of that nature. And so I didn't just, you know go on the blade or the track and things of that nature international boulevard for those of you that know east 14th um you know i went everywhere you know because it it wasn't just you know sex trafficking again it was a multitude of things um and then even the wages you know how uh you know as a slave you don't get paid right back in the you know they didn't get paid you know yeah, they got living quarters. Yeah, they got things to eat and stuff like that. But they didn't get paid and, you know, let them not bring in as much, you know, corn or, you know, cotton or whatever they was supposed to. You know, they would get beat. They would get raped. And, you know, even, you know, hey, you, you can't eat for three days, four days, you know, and things of that nature. Or I, I'm cutting off your water supply, right? You guys have a well and I'm just going to let it run dry because you guys are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and, and the same for trafficking, you know, um, and, and, and labor trafficking, you know, Hey, uh, you know, you live here, but you're going to live in a worse place or I'm not going to feed you today, or I'm going to take away even more of your wages than I already am. And for labor trafficking, you know, and, and I'm speaking to only the experiences I know of from individuals I know that have a lived experience. And, you know, a lot of it is, Hey, you know, 
I know I pay you a little bit of this already and you know I take from your your food plate and things of that nature and I only let's say you're supposed to get five hundred dollars I only give you a hundred dollars because you already live here and I already feed you and things of that nature but you know you didn't make what you were supposed to make today so I'm only pay you 50 or you're not going to get anything right it's the manipulation it's the abuse and things of that nature I'm um, the same thing with uh, sex trafficking you know you you might get paid you might not um, the person may give you the money right your trafficker may give you the money when you give it to them or, or they may not uh, you know they may pay your bills or they may not they may say hey you know you gave me this money but you need to go pay your own bills somewhere else uh, you know, figure that out because I'm not going to pay it. You know, it just really just depends on the trafficker and the trafficking situation. Everybody's situation is different. And just even, I could just even think about, you know, uh, there was times where, you know, I would give money and he's like, well, you know, even though I made all this money, whether it was from selling drugs or, or whatever have you, going to East 14, making some money, catching some dates, it was like, oh, well, you know, you're not going to eat today. I was like, what? Yeah. You're not going to eat today. You look a little fat. Or you're not going to eat today because I don't want you to eat today. Or you're not going to eat unless you cook your food. If you don't cook your food, you can't eat. You can't go out to eat anymore um, because people were seeing me out and about. And, you know, a lot of people were liking what they seen um, and was asking, you know, can they have me and things of that nature. Um, and just even some of the recruiting was, you know, just back to recruiting, like even – uh, some of his friends would bring over women, and they were either their their women or their girls that they had going outside, and he would even pay them for them, right? Because it's like, oh, now I, I took your girl, so I'm going to give you some dope. I'm going to probably give you two zips or something like that or, you know, give you a zip or whatnot. Uh, and the zip is uh, 28 ounces of, you know, crack cocaine or, you know, uh, crack or cocaine, one of those, uh, you know. Uh, so, um, well, zip can be also weed, but you you get the point. It's 28 grams. And, um, you know, I'm going to pay you for this girl. Or, you know, she when she busts a couple dates, busts a couple dates, I mean, when she, like, go and get in a few cars, make some money, right, go on a few dates, I'm going to give you, you know, some of that money. And so even with that type of recruiting, like, that would go on as well in sex trafficking, you know. And it's like, What? Like, you know, you just pay for this girl. Like, this girl came over, she she was your girlfriend, but you mad because she kind of like your friend, but she doesn't really know what your friend has going on. Instead of pulling her to the side saying, hey, this ain't what you want, you know, you're going to let her fall and bump her head and be like, see, you shouldn't have left me. Um, and again, on to a more harder subject, um, you know, and a more triggering subject. And, you know, if you need to log off please feel free to do so if you need to stop or fast forward and things of that nature um but the rape you know the masters you know rape their slaves whether male or female and you know even looking more into my history of why like one of my great great grandfathers had like so many children like some like lived in his household and I looked at the document it was like some didn't live in his household and it was just like so confusing um and, you know, what the Lord revealed to me was that he was a buck. And what is a buck? A buck is someone that is really strong and powerful among the slaves. And you use them to mate uh, and fight and things of that nature. But their primary source was to mate with stronger slave women so that they can produce slave children um, that were stronger. Because if you are a slave 
if if you have a male that's a slave and a female that's a slave and they conceive a child and that child is born while that slave woman is still with you, then that slave child belongs to you. So even if you sell the mother, the child still belongs to you legally, um, which is crazy in itself. But it was true. Um, and so that's what he did. And so it just, sidebar, it just reminds me of how a lot of people look at the black culture and they're like, oh, so many black men have a lot of kids. And it goes back to eons and eons of generational curses and things of that nature. And nobody has any clue why this young man uh, is having so many children, right? And it's a generational curse of of not being faithful to your wife uh, and things of that nature. You may say, what is a generational curse? I'm glad you asked. And sorry, this is totally sidebar, but generational curses are things that come from your lineage from from time and time ago um, that continues to pop up in your line and sometimes it's in every generation you know I know a family that the mother was on drugs um, and did crack cocaine and her mother raised her child right and then the daughter grew up and the daughter grew up uh, and became uh, alcoholic right another addiction and uh, and her then her daughter was then raised by someone else and her daughter is addicted to marijuana Right, and then they all have these uh, relational dysfunctions as well, right? Generational curses, and so that's what I mean. Uh, you know, some it's like, oh, the great 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 grandma was raped by the master, right? And in every generation after that, a woman in that lineage, in that daughtership, in that daughterhood, was also raped, right? And so, um, it, it's just it's just astonishing to find out these things like it's just it goes back so deep um and things of that nature but but yeah uh and 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 a lot of times they would also have the bucks have sex in front of you know people you know as amusement uh with with the slave woman as well um and things of that nature um you know they didn't just say oh yeah go in the shack and go have a baby right um sometimes it was it was amusement purposes just like how you know sometimes they had the slaves their strong buck slaves fight each other for amusement as well um in front of everyone and so it just kind of reminds me also of I can't speak to necessarily uh labor trafficking but I know in sex trafficking you know there were times where you know they would either pin us against each other for the girls to fight you know and things of that nature that wasn't in you know my stable stable is basically kind of like the horses how they're all lined up and things of that nature right that's what they called us they called us a stable um and so not necessarily in our stable but you know it was times where we would watch you know men pin their women against each other and, and you know have them fight um he pinned us against each other in different ways to kind of motivate motivate us to make money and not necessarily fight he didn't really like that type of toxicity but he liked it more of the toxicity of the money part right in fighting for him so to speak um and so you know and then also you know making the girls have sex in in front of a bunch of guys and you know uh then the sex tracking right making uh people have sex with people that they normally does you know wouldn't find attractive or don't want to sleep with you know for funding purposes for money and things of that nature so it's just uh you know and then also you know when just back to you know back in the day slavery it was you know also cases where you know hey I'm a slave owner I'm a master and my buddy is in town right and I, I want you to screw my buddy 
and uh, you're my slave and so you're going to come from your hut and you're going to come in here or you're or your cabin right and you're you know you're going to you know screw him for the night um and so also in sex trafficking you know I, that's not everybody's experience but it it is some right oh my boy he home from from um jail you know i i need you to pleasure him you know make him feel like a man again um or uh you know my buddy he has a lot of money you know he has a lot of dope whatever have you you know i need you to you know i owe him some money i need you to clear that debt for me um and things of that nature um which is which is crazy but um a lot of things happen in the sex trafficking world in the modern day slavery world that a lot of people have no clue that a lot of people don't talk about um and then you know uh my last point I'll be ending on is more so uh freedom right when 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 you're told as a slave you know that you're free right uh and then they either hold your papers or they keep you captive or uh they never tell you that you're free and you've been free for years right and and uh you don't you don't find out till years later are the slaves that found out and was like I don't want to leave because I don't know where to go after this like where I'm going to go all I know how to do is farm and get this you know get this stuff for you off your land I, I don't know where to go I don't have no family I don't know what to do all I know is you master you know massa right that's what they say and um you know it just reminds me of even sex trafficking you know it's like okay either you won't let me go because I'm going to kill you, right? You're like, I'm not going to let you go because you're going to kill, like, I'm going to kill you, so you can't leave. Or it was, you know, you can f- go free, but I'm going to still kill you. Like, or, or you go free and I'm going to chase you down the street, right? Or I see you with somebody else and I'm still going to try to hit you or do something crazy to you. Um, you know, or, or, you know, in my case specifically, there were times where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're free, you're free to go, I'm, you know, I'm good, and, um, you know, I would have someone say, um, similar to, like, the slavery back in the day, like, well, come to me and say, hey, T, you know, you, uh, you know, it's a bounty on your head, you better check in, and I'm like, what, right, similar to back in the day, literally, you know, they would put out, you know, poster boards and papers of, of, of slaves that are missing, um, right, and they are free now, or, you know, and things of that nature, like um, bounty on their head because they're looking for their slave, right? Harriet Tubman, right? They were looking for, they were looking for her, and they called her Moses, right? Uh, similar, you know, it's crazy, um, you know. And I would be like, and they would be like, yeah, you, you owe him money. And for me personally, and I'm like, what? I don't owe him no money, right? Uh, I, ain't, you know, work for him. I don't know how long. What is he talking about? Uh, but it was just so he can get my attention and get me to come back home, so to speak. And so he would say, yeah, you know. She owes me some money, and it depends how he felt, you know, just like the slave masters. Sometimes they would send their good old boy that was real nice with the slaves that can kind of coerce them to come back home by saying sweet nothings to them and just say, hey, come on back. And then there was also, this, you know, the workers at the slave plantation that would say that that was just the cutthroat ones, right, that would just drag them back home by their hair, right, or drag them, uh, you know, tied to a horse, you know, and dragging them on the ground with a rope and things of that nature. And so similar in the trafficking world, you know, sometimes he had the, the roofless guys that would just be like, get in the car uh, to me uh, and take me to him. Or he had the, the ones that, you know, 
that I was more susceptible to listen to and actually give him a phone call back um, and things of that nature. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's crazy how they are very similar and different uh, all at the same time, but they encompass a lot of the same similarities. They intersect and they uh, are common. They have common areas and they overlap in a lot of areas and a lot of spaces. And it's quite interesting to find that my great-great ancestors were slaves and that I then became a slave to multiple things. Um, And so, you know, it goes back to, for me, the generational curses, right? Um, you know, what 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 was in what's in your lineage, what's coming down your pike, what's coming down your row, you know, what what was in your past that you have no idea of that um was, you know, in your in your family that you, that you not know not of. Like for instance, you know, uh a few people have told me I've been called to preach. Well, you know, I, I don't really know any like preachers in my family yes my grandfather's a reverend but nobody that's like a pastor or anything like you know and things of that nature but you know what I found uh in in my research of my history and my lineage was my great great grandfather was a pastor and when he became free he was you know pastoring on the plantation and stuff like that and he was you know uh, a pastor and he raised his grandson um in the church and things of that nature and, and would preach to the slaves and all that that kind of stuff and so it just amazes uh, me the things that I found um, you know in my history and I would say if you don't know your lineage and you don't know your history um, you may not know where you're going in life and maybe you need to look back so that you can move forward you know look back so that you can push forward I know I was not a you know, great teenager growing up, and I want to say when I turned 18 and I took those African-American history study classes, and I wish they had them in high school, and they didn't, but in my, you know, in my day, but, um, you know, when I went to college, Laney College, I just was so astonished at all the information and all the things I learned, and, and I really felt like after that point, I was like, okay, I, I, I had those thoughts, like, I, I need to do something with my life, because so many people have fought to get here and so many people um have paved the way and literally at the time I was going to school I was being trafficked uh and I and I was on my way out uh a few years later like literally not too long later um and and I truly believe it was attending the African-American studies courses um that really helped you know cultivate and change my mind and help me think about my future and, and what, what legacy do I want to leave for my children and my children's children's children, right? I mean, you may say, okay, that was great, but why did you do that today? Like, what 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 was the cause of you doing what you did today? Um, and, you know, to be honest, I wanted to bring awareness to all forms of slavery, um, you know, I, I know that it's, I was all over the place and a lot of stuff was different, a lot of stuff was said, um, but I wanted to honor my ancestors in this month and I really felt to do it on uh, today uh, and things of that nature and I felt to do something to honor my ancestors, ancestors and then I also wanted to bring awareness to human trafficking, modern day slavery. Um, it's unfortunate that we're still having these type of talks, but you know, it's here and it's prevalent and it's in our everyday 
right? Um, it's, it's seen every day, and whether we choose to look on our street corners or not, or in our hotel rooms or not, or at people's houses or not, it's here and it's prevalent. Modern day slavery awareness, the intersectionality of human trafficking and slavery, it's here. You guys, it's here. And so my call to action would be, if you know someone that has been trafficked or is being trafficked currently, and they would like to be connected to services, right? I would say there's two things you can do. You can have them call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is one 373 888 right or you can have them reach out to me at divineinterventions.org and divine interventions is spelled d-i-v-i-n-e-i-n-t-e-r-v-e n t i o n z dot org um, and I'll be sure to get back to them and connect them to services so <laughs> it was a pleasure having you guys with me today I'm truly truly excited I'm so glad that you guys were here with me to celebrate this amazing day um, of ending um, Black History Month it's almost done we still have two more days left but Uh, To God be the glory. So I'm your host, Latoya Gix. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Remember to like and subscribe and share. I am Latoya Gix Podcast, and I am because he is. Be blessed. Amen.